July, Ambrose Bierce. Brought to you by BunnySlippers.com. Check out their brand new Dino Sound Slippers. Slippers that make a roaring sound every three steps. Made with greenish, scaly fabric. Soft, plush uppers. Foam footbeds and non-slip grips on the soles. And three white claws on each foot. One size fits most. Up to women's 10.5, men's 8. Footbed measures 10.5 inches. Check out Dave's Corner of the Universe every last Tuesday of the month part of our monthly Cthulhu Mythos and other weirdness episodes. Or go to his blog at davescorneroftheuniverse.wordpress.com. Also join us later this month when we talk to writer Rami Ungar about his next novel, Rose, which should be out on Amazon right now. You can check check the show notes to find out where you can get a copy or check out the reviews for that. I really like it. It's, oh man, it's hard to describe, but uh, it would make a really good manga. It would make a really good manga. It's um, biological body horror. Uh, there's there's spellcasting elements in it. There's there's elemental spirits. It's It's pretty cool stuff. And you can find out more about him by going to Rami Ungar, the writer, and that is R-A-M-I-U-N-G-A-R, thewriter.com. Special thanks to all of my guests this month. If you want to be a guest on PGTTCM or Black Clock due to your hobbies or professions in academia, arts, literature, relating to weird fiction, gothic horror, uh, old English, any of that fun stuff, folklore, Cthulhu mythos, weird fiction, horror in general, contact us and we'll see what we can do. P-G-T-T-C-M dot com slash contact to get a hold of us. Black Clock Audio Tales is a daily podcast that reads you a story, either a chapter of a novel or a whole short story. Join us in our exploration of old ghost stories, supernatural fiction, horror tales, folk tales, fantasy, gothic horror, weird fiction, and cosmic horror. And don't forget to join us for our monthly show about the Cthulhu mythos. Look for our podcast wherever you find your podcasts. We suggest Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Find us on the web at pgttcm.com and Blackclock audio on instagram and facebook we've got pgttcm on twitter and black clock audio tales on youtube check out people's guide to the cthulhu mythos on the last tuesday of each month check out our new website at pgttcm.com edited by daniel spitzer music by kevin mcleod produced at badgers drift studio in beautiful north portland all right. Well, welcome back to the studio. And here we are today with Rami Unger, author of Rose. So, uh, Rami, you just have uh, Rose just came out, from what I understand? That's correct. Uh came out June 21st, the book anyway. Uh, we're working on getting the paperback uh up and running at this time and this is actually my first book with a publisher i've self-published a few books prior to this but this is the first time i've done it with a publisher so it's been a whole different kind of process for me cool very cool so uh what have you found different from self-publishing to having a publisher 
with self-publishing, once I decided that a book was ready to be published, the process usually took only a few months at most. Um, but this process, it took 15 months total of yeah. uh, editing, rewrites, just getting marketing together at the cover. It's been a pretty crazy continuous process. And I've put in more work with Rose than I have for any other previous work. And hopefully, act I think it shows. I, I think it shows in the quality of the story, so. Yeah, no, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, you mentioned something about an anime marathon, and there was something about Rose that really felt kind of very kind of like anime-esque to me. It's like the something about the storyline really made me think, like, you know what? I could see this as an anime. Oh, that is a compliment, believe me. Uh, yeah, I've been watching anime since I was like uh, four or five, so influence my writing in all sorts of ways. With Rose, that's pretty apparent. Uh, the, the cause of her transformation, uh, for those of you who, who are listening and aren't aware, Rose is about a young woman who starts turning into a plant creature, and that's just the start of her problems. The mechanism that begins her transformation is a book from Japan, and there's mention of kami, Japanese gods, within the novel, as well as creatures like oni, which is the Japanese equivalent of a of an ogre. I w it was a lot of fun adding those elements to the book. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was it was something I noticed. I, I uh, growing up, I was also quite quite a fan of anime and took Japanese language classes and Japanese culture classes to you know like window to Japan, a view of Japanese society kind of classes in like high school and junior high. So I, I don't know. It was like, I, I, I noticed things. I was like, Hey, that that's, I get that reference. I, I know what he's talking about there, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm actually a little jealous. Eh? I wish I could speak Japanese, but beyond a few phrases and words I've picked up from various manga and anime, I, Basically, manga and anime is what I have to rely on for mo the most part. I have a friend who lives in Japan, and he speaks perfect Japanese, and I am just incredibly jealous of his, um, of what he gets to do every day and of his language skills. Yeah, I, I don't have any language skills at all these days. I uh, Japanese I learned was like 20 years ago, so... <laughs> so... Uh, how did, how, how did you go about starting writing Rose? What, what led to the beginning of writing this? Well, I first had the idea, uh, in college. It was about my third year. I was in a science fiction and fantasy literature course for my English major. And yes, that was something they taught at my school at that time. I think they still teach it, but with a different professor. Anyway, I was just sitting there in class and... The idea just popped into my head for a story about someone being sort of held captive, like in misery, but with a sort of magical little component to it. And I just kind of sat there and let it germinate in my head for a little while. Eventually, I was just like, yeah, this is something. This could be something. Uh, when it was time to start thinking about maybe doing a thesis project, I decided to 
who try it and write that idea. The result uh, was the first draft of Rose. And with any luck, that draft will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, this novel has gone through so many changes between starting it in college and publication yesterday. There have been about seven drafts total with minor edits and rewrites throughout. Mm -hmm. It The change has been like alchemical. That's what I've been say, telling people. It was like alchemical changes every time, like lead to gold. Only in this case, it was like lead to copper to bronze to, to silver to gold with a few other metals in between. I think the final version, though, the one that's uh, been published and now being read by a few people out there, uh, I think that's the best version, though, and I'm pretty happy with it. Nice. Uh, besides anime, what would you find your influences for Rose and your writing in general would be? Well, Stephen King, pretty obviously. I mean, I said the original idea was like a magical take on Misery. And I got to say, during the writing process at different points, a sort of Lovecraftian element kind of got in there, mm -hmm. which only kind of get you only kind of see if you make it through the entire book, but it's there. But in the end, just about every writer I read influences me on some level, whether it's something, whether I like the way they describe something or just elements of the story that I identify with. I see every writer as my teacher, so in this case, they influence just about every aspect of Rose. Though, so, yeah, King and anime, those would be the major references, the major influences. Yeah, so um, how, how, how do you go about writing? What's, what, what's your first step? Well, I'm a pretty big plotter, I like to get an outline written and uh, just get all my thoughts down on paper or on Word document as it usually happens. I've got so many ideas rattling around in this head that it is hard to keep everything straight up there. So I have to write it down or I'm just going to forget something I really want to include or I'm going to get too many ideas in there or I'm going to lose track of something. Once I have uh, it down on paper, I'll usually do a little research, whatever I feel I need to learn for the story. Research can be a continuous process with my writing. Like if I'm trying, like if I'm in the middle of writing a story and I think to myself, you know what? I need to learn about a certain place in Florida in order to make sure this is accurate. I'll go and, and look that up and see what I can find. Nice. And I'll keep... Once I've done the initial research, though, I'll, I'll uh, start writing and I'll try and get at least 500 words down on paper. Or at least. I've been known to get more, but yeah. Usually I aim for 500 because that allows me to get into the swing of things, allows me to be productive, and uh, at the same time keeps me from just putting words down just for the sake of putting words down. Yeah. Or just trying to fluff things up, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 
So, uh, what what have you written in the past? What what were the uh, past uh, themes in, of, of your writing? Well, like I said, I self-published a couple of books. One was a collection of short stories called The Quiet Game. I've also published two sci-fi novels called The Reborn City uh, series. The first one was called Reborn City, and the second one was called Video Rage. And they're about uh, street gangs in a dystopian future. I will eventually finish that trilogy, but first I need to come up with a good way to finish it because at this point I'm just not satisfied with the original vision for ending it so I need something a bit different something a bit more epic for the third and final book and uh, I wrote a horror thriller novel called Snake which is about a serial killer hunting down a mafia family huh. in New York yeah that one is a love letter to uh, the early Alex Cross books by James Patterson and uh slasher movies that I've grown to love over the years. Uh, when it comes to slasher films, what is it that you like uh, in particular? Any, any any favorite horror films, slasher films in particular? Or I've been a big fan of the Friday the 13th franchise. There's just something about Jason that kind of intrigues me. I think it's that in a way he's kind of a sympathetic character. I mean, you understand that the drama in his life is what caused him to become a murderer, and you almost feel sympathetic to him. And at the same time, he's just pretty darn scary with that mask on. Yeah. Also a big fan of uh, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, yeah. Just because that one... Yeah, it reminds me of my own camping days. I mean, not with all the murder (laughs) stuff, but just with all the... It reminds me a lot of my own camp days. We used to swear like sailors back then. Uh-huh. We would get in trouble. We would obsess over sex. I won't say if we ever got into anything like that, but for those of you <laughs> listening who have not seen Sleepaway Camp, it is a underappreciated classic with a great twist at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a twist that would not fly today if that movie were made, but it is a great <laughs> twist. Yeah. So, how do you go about getting into the horror mindset? What, how do you, what's, how do you create horror, and what, what for you is, how do you get into the mindset that you need to for, for horror in general? Like, not for, like, necessarily, like, how do I get into the killer's mindset or how do I get into this bad person or this, uh, how, how, how do I, you know, think like a supernatural entity for a xenomorph or whatever, but, like, how do you... Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> how do you get in the mood to write about the things that pe- some people would just rather not ever think about? Exactly. The stuff that lives in the darkness and just nobody wants to who confront the dark truths that lie underneath the surface of our world. Yeah, yeah, that. (laughs) Well, I kind of live in that frame of mind 24-7 for a number of reasons. One is that I kind of feel like I'm a monster from a horror story at times. I have a... I've got partial albinism, so the sun is 
like my natural enemy. Even in winter, I risk sunburn. So, I already feel like a monster. I was people joke that I was a vampire for years. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> so I naturally preferred the dark. I'll even on a sunny day, I will stay indoors with a shades drawn and and very little light, and I'll be like, ah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, also. My apartment is uh, filled with, like, horror-related stuff. Uh, just sitting, looking around me, I can see a, a mask of an oni on the wall, a skeleton hanging by the door, a couple of scary pictures. There's a Jason Voorhees mask, a statue of Cthulhu. There's a skull right next to my monitor. A little wooden skull. There's a picture of a raven in among the trees right in front of me. I just surround this stuff, this stuff around me 24/7, and I'm usually reading a, one or two stories that are scary in nature. I just finished Anya Allborn's *The Shuddering* on uh, audiobook, mm -hmm. and I. He uh, will probably read something scary next. I have not decided what, but I probably will. And this is just... I'm on the spectrum, so... One of the, something that comes with that is that I'm a little obsessive with what I love. Sure. It sometimes takes me a while to realize that other people are not only not into what I love, but will never ever consider it. But yeah. So I'm constantly thinking about different horror plots and stories and aspects. I've spent entire days ranking in slasher killers. I've thought about oats. Uh, I've gone over plots for horror stories, mine and other people's, hundreds of times. I can remember de minor details from certain stories that people just forget all the time so i'm always in this mindset and that kind of helps yeah definitely that makes sense yeah it's allowed me to come up with plenty of ideas for stories the problem is i just never have the time to write all of them i'm working a full-time job and i have to devote my time to one story at a time so eh. but hey it's better than having no time to write am i right Anything that you've seen lately that you, uh, you'd recommend, uh, horror movie-wise, or read lately that you would recommend? This is actually something I do in my newsletters. I always make sure to have something to recommend to people. Well, something horror. Uh, re like I said, I just finished The Shuddering by Anya Allborn, and it is such a creepy story. Yeah, uh, really well done. And partly because uh, she doesn't really define what the antagonist is. I mean, she uses descriptions, but we're still as confused about what they are by the end of the novel as we are at the beginning. And it's just fascinating. 
another book I really love that I recommend to anyone who's interested is Kill Creek by Scott Thomas. It is my current favorite novel right now, and it is just one of the best examples of contemporary gothic fiction out there. Nice. As for movies, there are a few I could recommend. Us, obviously, which came out earlier this year, was phenomenal. Well, I saw it in uh, the Target the other day, and I had to really hold myself back from buying a copy. Uh, there's a movie that came out last year called Overlord. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of... Oh, went under the radar, but it was honestly one of the best horror movies of 2018. Hmm. Take takes the idea of a Nazi zombie, yeah, or Nazi zombies in general, and just really turns it into this really atmospheric, a creepy film that's less schlocky, gory, zombie. He shoot him up flick and more like what I think comparing it to the Outlast games where it's survival horror and it's just re any every frame every second there could be something that'll just freak you the heck out mm. is the best way to describe it in any case I recommend it it's a darn shame that it didn't do as well as it should have all right check that out <laughs> oh and one more film uh this is another anime but it is one of the best psychological horror stories i've ever seen perfect blue about a young singer who's pressured by her management to take up acting and it really messes with her psychologically both the change in her identity as well as the role she has to play in her first drama. Couple that with a very violent stalker following her around, and it is one of the scariest, freakiest, trippiest sort of stories I've ever seen, and it gets better with every viewing. Huh. And what's the name of that one again? Perfect Blue. It was directed by Satoshi Kon. Nice. Very nice. And if people wanted to track you down online, uh, you said you have a newsletter. Do you have a blog or any any social media that people can track you down with? Yeah, my blog, uh, Rami Unger, the writer. That's R-A-M-I-U-N-G-A-R, the writer, dot com. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter uh, through that, as well as sign up for the blog. I post... Uh, the newsletter about once a month as well as uh pretty frequently on the bro- on the blog i also have a facebook page also called rami younger the writer uh twitter at rami younger writer instagram rami underscore unger underscore writer and youtube just rami younger <laughs> all right <laughs> and you can email me at rami younger at rami younger the writer.com cool all right. Well, we'll uh, have that up on in the show notes for this episode. And Rami, thank you again so much for coming on to the show and talking to us about Rose and horror in general. And thank you again so much. 
Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Help support the show and keeping it paywall-free by going to paypal.me slash pgttcm and donate a buck or five or whatever you feel. Or go to pgttcm.podbean.com and hit that patron button. That will set you up with donating on the regular if you want to keep this show going, if you want to hear two episodes of People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos a month, or if you want to hear better stories, higher quality stuff on the, I don't know, monthly readings. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Okay, so, you know, you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And we just want to say, check out Podbean. It's straight from the source. Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So next month is going to be August Derleth. Send us any mythos stories that you've written yourself. And we're going to be talking about August Derleth and Arkham House Publishing. Month after that, we're going to have Bronte. So you know Andrew Grace is going to be here for that. He's going to be here, like, probably a lot. October, we're going to have spooky stories. And that's just going to be all kinds of different ghost stories and spooky stories. And then in November, we're going to be going with, like, old, old English stories. So expect some Beowulf. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening so much. And I hope your podcast that's coming up next is good. And not, like, a whole bunch of the ends of podcasts that you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to the person at the end talk about stuff. And then you skip. And, and then, like, at the end of the week, you have, like, all these ends of all these little podcasts and stuff. I always hear myself in those because I'm like, I don't want to listen to myself try and tell myself to help the show get better. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. If you got all the way to this part, high fives. Send me, send, send me a link. I mean, not send me a link. Send me a message on Facebook or Twitter or something and said, hey, I got all the way to the end episodes. Hashtag high five. Anyway, you're the best. Keep on going.